0: Good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, June 19th, 2023, and this is episode 436 of the Lots Project Podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control, and it's another Monday, Monday morning, coffee with Brian. How we doing? How's everybody doing? Did you make it through the weekend? We're not sure if Pip did make it through the weekend someone suggested some uh, pretty shady jeep stuff and uh we're not sure if he attempted it and made it but we do have the history segment for today he did send that to me before he went adventuring in the jeep we'll find out if we have history tomorrow but here's the pip here's the pip i got uh silver bullet blend in the cup this morning oh specially limited edition silver bullet blend only way you can get it right now is to uh, pick up one of those six packs and an ounce, six uh, six pounds and an ounce, excuse me, six pounds of premium air roasted coffee and then uh, a one ounce silver custom custom lots project, one ounce silver coin. It's great. It's great. Gingerbread, uh, gingerbread picked one up. He got it in the mail. He has C1. We have C1 through C5. C1 is gone. Uh, take your pick. C2, 3, 4, or 5. Um had an order fall through thought i had two sold and, uh, james james picked up the only one so far so uh yeah get a hold of me get a hold of me uh i've decided i probably am not going to go through the motions of putting all the stuff on the site uh it's going to be word of mouth and direct contact for um for sales on the six pounds and an ounce and the remaining the remaining sets i think other than that we'll probably put it in um probably sell them live at SRF or in-person or uh, maybe stack them in the stack them in the safe. I only have a couple left. So it's not a huge, uh, huge uh, stockpile that I would be uh, hanging on to. So I think I might hang on to them for, um, hang on to them for SRF or in-person barter. But if you want one, I'd be more than happy to sell it. Reach out info at the lots project.com or telegram or anywhere really just reach out reach out say hi uh let's see who we got in the chat this morning we got josh good morning josh how we doing james uh james how we doing this morning we're up bright and early and Backwoods butcher has some um gsd and the last couple marb lights for a while wait what wait no more marb lights for you huh you quitting or are you uh, are you upping the dosage to like some bar breads? Clyde's excited. It's Monday this morning. Clyde is excited. What do we got? We're going to talk about today. Uh, the weekend. Let's talk about what happened over the weekend. A couple different things we did. Uh, we headed out to. Um, headed out to. Delinquents' gully installed some comfrey. That was uh, interesting. Interesting to say the least. That was on, uh, I think, Friday night we went out. Did we go Friday? Friday night we went out to to Tim's property. And then, uh, yes, Saturday we went on the search for some more pizza. And I'll let you know how that turned out. So um, that's not bad. Not bad. Um, (laughs) John. Kyle's quitting. Kyle's quitting smoking, and his logic behind quitting smoking is not that it's going to make him healthier, not that he's going to be around, not that, um, not that it's uh, he'll be able to breathe better, uh, be in better shape. Just yeah, his reasoning is he has to buy pig food. <laughs> I mean, do what you got to do, man. I guess bacon's better than tobacco. Some days, some days. Oh man, uh, do you have any plans for quitting? Is it just going to be a cold turkey? Or are you just done with it and uh, and going for it, or uh, do you have a a plan of action with uh, some supplements or something like that? Ah, uh, gonna be a busy day. Gonna be a busy day. I'm glad I got to, got some decent coffee this morning. I have um I have my normal day prep all day going today. And then two interviews tonight. I got my live interview coming in uh, at 6 o'clock. I got Matt Grenier on. uh, Let's see, his new book. He's an author. His book he just brought out is uh, Swept Up, Lessons from the End Times. Uh, You're going to want to tune in for this. I think it's going to be fun. It's a comedic look back at his life in a uh, basically in a homeschool cult. Uh, growing up and then uh, all the way up through uh, a short stint at an evangelical university. So should be a good chat. Should have fun with that and then uh, get done, have a little bit of a break, and then I will be going over and jumping on Porterhouse and Teal's live uh, show this evening uh, as a guest. So both sides of the mic tonight, I got the the interviewer and the interviewee. So that should be interesting. Should be interesting. That's It's uh, a long night. Uh, and then a bunch of interviews stacked up to get recorded for uh while we're gone in july so so that's coming along coming along um yeah six minutes in let's uh let's roll into the history or the the perfect cup question and then possibly hit up that last history segment uh depending on if we ever hear from pip again hopefully we do Anyway, let's hit that Perfect Cup question of the day for Monday. We hit episode 100 on Friday, and uh, that would make today 101. All right, everyone, it's time for the 101st edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion at my Telegram channel. That's t.me slash lots feed. That's t.me slash lots feed. It's not the Telegram chat. It's the channel. It's where all the... Important announcements, the perfect cup question, all links from the show, and things of that nature. It's the, all the information without any of the chatter. You can still find the chat at t.me slash lotschat, but the, ch- the Telegram channel is where you're going to want to find that perfect cup question of the day, t.me slash lotsfeed. Otherwise, I posted it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, MeWe. Jump in, answer the question. You can find it over on Noster also. That's probably the best place to find me. But yeah, Noster, Telegram, that's where you're going to want to be. Question of the day for Monday is, if you were given $5 million to open a small museum, what kind of museum would you create? If you were given $5 million to open a small museum, what kind of museum would you create? Well, I was sitting here yesterday morning. I was gathering some more questions for the Perfect Cup, uh, kind of getting ahead a little bit. And Corey said, hey, what's the question of the day for tomorrow? And I hadn't posted it yet. So she got a sneak peek and got to answer first. And then everyone else kind of dropped in line. Corey, I said, hey, uh, you got five million bucks. What kind of museum do you want to open? She said an animal museum. I said, oh, what kind of animals? She said all the animal, All the animals. All the animal museum, all the history and everything about animals for $5 million. She's going to need somebody to do a budget, I think. But um, hey, let's get it done, baby. All the animals. Josh weighed in after that with a museum of the history of animal agriculture. And I think that's just going to be a branch of Corey's, um, a branch of Corey's museum. Uh, Kyle, the backwoods butcher said, oddly enough, a museum of butchering dating back to the Stone Age. All the way to the Stone Age, just butchering, 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 all the different things. <laughs> um, Golden Crickets weighed in and said, I'd do forests and how they actually cycle and proper care of them with all the li- without all the liberal BS. Kyle says, good morning, Corey, uh, without all the liberal BS. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I guess when you open your own museum, there isn't any... Um, any liberal bs unless you're a liberal uh, micah over in the feed said living history and sustainable future museum uh yeah that's that's a perfectly great idea uh james weighed in and said a museum of natural biology with a research wing that sounds very interesting i would definitely visit that uh visit that museum i would probably visit all of these so far what kind of a museum guy Um uh, Canadian Farmstead says uh the Museum of Food Preservation. Just a bunch of cans on the on the shelves. I think James has that in his basement. I think James already has the Museum of Food Preservation in his basement. Uh, let's see. Joseph Blakesley says bushcraft and survival tools. Uh. I think that'd be cool. That'd be cool. A bushcraft museum. Uh, You could have, uh, you could hire Dave Canterbury to curate it and it'd just be, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty fantastic. That guy, that guy knows his stuff uh, quite a bit. Uh, Backwoods Butcher says, welcome to the museum of the forest. If you're one of those hippies, get the hell out. (laughs) That's where, wait, wait a second. (laughs) Uh, But I know what she means. I know what she means. It's interesting to talk to conservation officers and um, and firefighters. Firefighters are the ones that like the forest fire forest fire fighting crews. They're the ones that are great. They're like, man, you need to burn that stuff out. So the whole damn thing doesn't burn down. Uh, And then, no, we can't control burn. We can't do this. We can't we can't take down deadfall. We can't do anything. And it's just a big tinderbox. Weird. Oh, James has his basement cans and buckets, freeze dried and three freezers. Yeah, he he definitely. Uh, I've seen I've seen video of his, his his stores, and I'm like, holy shit, dude! Oh man, I think uh, having to prepare for everything he does is uh, is wise to have all that. Um, <laughs> Joseph Blatsley says, "If you can line Dave up for a job, let me know. <laughs> Do you have the five mil? If you have the five mil to open the museum, I'm guessing we could get into him. <laughs> oh, Pip weighed in. Pip weighed in on the museum, and it was one of my favorite answers. I wanted to uh, save it here for last. Oh, me, me. I uh, I went on and on. I was like looking at all the answers." Uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to answer before all the answers or after all the answers. We're still getting into this I'm required to answer thing. Uh, But um, my answer after seeing all of the answers that I put on the list was I would love to have a museum that is a um, uh, revealed propaganda uh, museum where you go we go throughout history and we verify that different stuff was used to sway sway populations or uh or decisions that we can verify was not true that was believed as true propaganda um and uh and expose it and put it all out there for everyone to see so they can walk through and realize that the same shit's still going on That would be my museum that would be definitely my museum uh let me see and uh and pip pip had pip had a phenomenal one um i i love his budgeting i love his operational idea here uh it's fantastic pip from ductioncups.com says uh 5 million just bought pip a good sized plot of beachfront property on the east coast sign reads welcome to the sunrise museum ten dollars for entry Note: there's a bitcoin or a lightning address for payment on the sign that's it enjoy (laughs) i love it i love it i want to go to the sunrise museum every morning and hang out with pip i'd pay 10 bucks 10 bucks worth of sunrise. Josh says, uh, Museum of Conspiracy Facts. <laughs> Fucking right. Fucking right, man. Oh, all right. Well, that was a fun little question for a Monday morning. If you wanted to participate, I did sweep the socials this morning, did not have any notifications. So, unfortunately, if you answered on one of the others, it did not make it on the list by showtime. If you want to do that, you're going to want to f- head over to t.me slash lotsfeed, L-O-T-S-F-E-E-T, or reach out on all the socials and take your chances. Like I said, Noster, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or MeWe will be where you find it. And again, that question was, if you were given $5 million to open a small museum, what kind of museum would you create? You can always head over to Spotify, check out The Perfect Cup Podcast, you can find the, the episode every day after I upload it. And I change that question on Spotify. You can put a question with your episode. And I change it to the question of the episode. So you can go ahead and answer it over there. I'll periodically circle back, see if we got any, uh, any hot topics and bring you the updates. Oh. Let's hit it over here. The questions may or uh, in the comments make sure nobody came in with one last answer. Gingerbread Farm says Pip wins. Yeah, I was reading down the list and I said, Oh boy, that is the best. And uh, Backwoods Butcher says, That was a great last answer. Man, I'm gonna miss Pip. I hope we're not joking around and the dude actually something happened to him. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to turn into the main show and find out what's going on with uh, with Pip. This has been another episode of the Perfect Cup. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. <laughs> all right, all right. For those of you, for those of you that are listening, that are wondering uh, why we are flippantly making uh, jokes about Pip not being around anymore, <laughs> last night James posted in my Telegram chat a picture of uh, a jeep with its uh, its cable winch up over. Up over a, a pool, and it says something about uh, because there's no warning label that says this is dangerous, this is all okay, and I'm not going to die. Right. And uh, basically, it was zip lining into the pool off uh, of uh, Jeep, Jeep winch cable. Hey, I made it 16 minutes in before the first dropout today. Uh, Pip uh, Pip is a Jeep guy, and we figured he was running on it out to try it since he was a little uh, overwhelmed with heat there at the end of last week. Didn't have an air conditioner, and uh, the tech was nowhere to be found. So we figured he'd be sliding into a pool off that Jeep cable, and we're hoping that he made it. Usually is one of the first in in the morning, but I'm pretty sure old Pip has Monday, Tuesday off. I want to say he's got Monday, Tuesday off, so he might be sleeping in. He might be enjoying the Juneteenth uh, holiday. Uh, we don't know. We'll see if we hear from him some point this morning. Maybe he's just enjoying that free Sunrise Museum there somewhere in, uh, in Florida. Kyle's trying to get me to... Um Ginger ginger says pip needed K-Bonk to engineer that cable angle we do community supported projects here uh with input from all sorts of folks and kyle wants me to sing in the arms of an angel and i don't think that's gonna happen i don't think that, <laughs> that is gonna happen well well since pip isn't around and um I'm going to be shit out of luck about history segment if uh, if something did, if Pip did break that cable or miss the pool or whatever. Uh, may have happened. Knock on wood that Pip is okay. But let's get into that history segment for today, June 19th, 2023. All right. June 19th, 2023. Hello, humans and happy Monday. This is one. This one is slapped together before a dude heads to family dinner for the didn't pull out day. And to those who have crotch droppings, happy Father's Day, dudes. Happy Father's Day, dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hit the history. Let's see what happened this day in uh, June 19th in history. This day in 1586, English colonists leave Roanoke Island, North Carolina, after failing to establish England's first permanent settlement in North America. The colony was first founded in 1585, but after only five years, when a ship visited the colony in 1590, the colonists had disappeared without explanation. The colony has since been known as the Lost Colony. And the fate of the 112 to 120 one colonist remains unknown to this day. Pips Notes. I'd say flip a coin. Either the settlers went native with the local tribes, the Secator... secotin, The secatin Or the Croatin? Or they got unalived by the locals. What's the phrase? When in Rome? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Back with Butcher says he thinks it was big Bigfoot took care of him, but... Uh, I've always been intrigued by that uh, that colony of Roanoke. I remember hearing about it in school and then they just kind of like flew past it and mentioned that nobody ever found them. And I always wondered what actually happened. June 19th, 1862, U.S. US Congress prohibits slavery in the United States territories, nullifying Dred Scott versus Sanford. Pips prenotes. Here's the first paragraph of the wiki page. Dred Scott v. Sanford was a landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court that held the U.S. Constitution did not extend American citizenship to people of Black African descent, and thus they could not enjoy the rights and privileges the Constitution conferred upon American citizens. The decision is widely considered the worst ever rendered in the Supreme Court's history, being widely denounced for its over-racism, perceived judicial activism, and poor legal reasoning, for its crucial role in the start of American Civil War four years later, legal scholar Bernard Schwartz and its stands first in any list of worst Supreme Court decisions. Chief Justice Charles Evans Hughes called it the court's greatest self-inflicted wound. Pip's notes. While an exact number isn't quickly available on the web research. Um, yeah. Juneteenth. That's where it comes from, guys. That's where it comes from. If you've wondered why today's a holiday, that is it. Today was the day the Supreme Court said we were wrong, and you know it was. It was a very horrible decision, and uh, I, I, I've I've gone through it actually, <laughs> actually uh, for other reasons. I've, I've researched that lightly, and um, it was horrible decision. One of the worst. Uh, the the impact on the country horribly uh, bad, horribly bad. Uh, they've they've uh, started to they've started to try to push the envelope on trying to get that worst decision ever in the last few years, last couple decades. We'll see if it gets better or worse. This day, June nineteenth, eighteen sixty five, over two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Slaves in Galveston, Texas, United States, are officially informed of their freedom. The anniversary was officially celebrated in Texas and other states on as Juneteenth. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. So, uh, eighteen sixty-two, I was wrong. Eighteen sixty-five, three years after, was the Juneteenth celebration when Galveston was actually freed uh, on June seventeenth, twenty twenty-four. Juneteenth became the official federal holiday in the United States. Pips notes. Pip thanks that thinks that today is monday and to get stuff done to be more free shrugs in white dude (laughs) pip side notes: there is uh there is stuff that happened that i'm ignorant to that would make a dude's stomach turn for some reason the term (laughs) i don't know uh stargate yeah i i don't know Uh, these, oh man, Pip, Pip drops in a lot of Stargate and, uh, pop culture, sci-fi references that I am not privy to for sure. That is not anything to, um, anything that I ever got into, but let's move on. Let's move on. Sorry. You'll have to check out the notes if you want to know what he wrote and, uh, and its meanings. You're more than welcome to head on over to, head on over to thelotsproject.com and find that blog post when the episode goes up let's move on in history eight this day june 19th 1910 the first father's day is celebrated in spokane washington this day in 1978 garfield's first comic strip originally published locally as john in 17 in 1976 goes into national syndication in 1978 two years two years it only took to get to national syndic- syndication interesting This day in 2012, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange requests asylum in London's Ecuadorian embassy for fear of extradition to the United States after publication of previously classified documents, including footage of civilians killing of civilians killings by the U.S. Army. Julian Assange, anybody hear from him lately? Hmm. Where's he hanging out? I'm guessing it's not because he wants to. He was looking pretty rough last time I saw a video of old Julian. But uh, thanks to him. Thanks to him. I uh, I think Bitcoin is on a stronger path. I think uh, uh, exposes, uh, exposure of some things that really need to be exposed is uh, well underway. And uh, Julian, we, we thank you. And uh, unfortunately, you're all locked up. You're all locked up. This day in 2018, the 10... Let's see, that's a uh, 10 millionth patent, U.S. patent is issued. Interesting, interesting. All right, let's hit the birthdays. This day in 1764, happy birthday, June 19th, 1764. Jose Gervasio Atgas, June 19th, 1764, through September 23rd, 1850, was a soldier and statesman who was regarded as a national hero in Uruguay and the father of the Uruguayan nationhood history from Uruguay. Uh, This day, June 19th, 1816, William H. Webb, American shipbuilder and philanthropist, founded the Webb Institute. Uh, And who kicked off today, June 19th, 1864, Sarah Rosetta Wakeman, American soldier. Her letters written during her service remain unread for nearly a century because they were stored in the attic of her relative's house. Uh, June 19th, 1981, Subhash Mukherjee, Mukherjee, I think I just got that. Indian scientist and physician who created India's first and the world's second child using in vitro fertilization. Huh, that could be an interesting article to read. This day, uh, June 19th, 2009, uh, Tomojo Tanabe, Japanese energy engineer and surveyor, a Japanese super centarian And at the time of his death at age 113, the oldest living man in the world for two years, 146 days oldest dude ever. Yeah. That's uh that's one of those blue zones over in Japan. There's plenty. There's a few areas in Japan where uh, tons of uh, over 100 year olds. This day, June 19th, 2013, James Gandolfini, American actor and producer, gotta love me some Sopranos. Hey, Tony, Uh, Pips knows this dude did some movies. I'll cheers to that. The Sopranos, The Last Castle, Get Shorty, etc. Yeah, Gandolfini was a good actor, and uh, right up until right before he died, I think he died in the middle of a filming of a movie. Can't remember the name of it. Can't quite place that. I'm sure you can find it at that wiki le, wiki links uh, in the in the blog post after the show. Holidays today, June 19th is Juneteenth Day in the U.S. Uh, only for the last couple of years, post office closed, government buildings closed. If school is in session, I'm guessing school is closed. Uh, everybody else, get to work. Get to work. Trinidad Trinidad and Tobago celebrates their Labor Day, uh, founded in 1973 and International World Sickle Cell Day. Wait a second. All right, we're going to move on from that. All right, and that's the history for today. Cheers, humans, and get stuff done this Monday. May the gravity be not so high. but the coffee be stronger than needed. Pip, hold up the dash. wristwatch. watch. Tick-tock, tick-tock. It clicks for us all. No fuckers, not the phone app. I meant Tempest Fugit and go get stuff done. Old Pip, may rest in peace if he fell off a cable and did not make it. We appreciate the history. And if you like the history and you enjoyed it every day, head on over to DuctionCups.com. That's D-U-C-K-T-I-O-N-C-U-P-S. DuctionCups. DuctionCup.com links all over the last project, find them on Facebook or uh tick or all variety of other places. Definitely hit up the website and order up some ducks and some cups help support a great group of people that are doing some cool things. I love them cups. I was giving them out this weekend. That's been another history segment brought to you by Pip. Thank you, Pip. And now on with the show, let's get over these comments and see what happens. Um, Kyle says Bigfoot ate the people from Roanoke scramble and went down there with pud and coffee and led them into the woods. <laughs> oh, jeez. Renegade Butcher says they opened the Roanoken Museum of Invisibility. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Backwoods Butcher thought it was the day they all went out for mental... <laughs> no. Gingerbread was wondering if they have ever removed the three-fifths provision in the Constitution. Uh, I don't know, but that was interesting. That was interesting. Uh, I've heard so many different explanations of the three-fifths provision uh, and the fact that everybody gets gets worked up because they were saying that slaves were only three-fifths of a person. Uh, but when in fact, prior to the three-fifths provision, slaves were zero of people, and this was actually uh, an improvement on that. And I'm not saying that that is an appropriate um, an appropriate thing to only count any human being as three-fifths of another human being, but at the time, uh, three-fifths is more than zero. I think jaw uh, I think backwoods is calling me a nerd there. Hey Diggs, by the way, what's going on over on Twitch? Thanks for dropping in. I appreciate it. Uh, new conspiracy theory by Backwoods Book Butcher. Is it a coincidence? Father's Day is the day before. June-teenth. Oh Killing Them Softly was Gandolfini's last movie. That's it. Um Marriage certificates were created to prevent interracial marriages. So that's not a conspiracy. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, sorry guys. I was reading this quote, deciding if it was something that needed to be on the show or not. And just watch, just watch uh, killing them softly. Um, yeah, just watch the movie. Just watch the movie. <laughs> You'll be able to pick out the line. Or if you're in the chat, hit the chat and uh, and check it out. Check it out. Um, Backwoods Butcher was wondering if uh, Golden Crickets would be giving a Juneteenth discount at her Forest Museum. I don't know. We'll have to ask her. I don't know for sure. We'll have to ask her. But anyway, what happened this weekend? <coughs> It's good weekend. It was hot. It was hot and muggy here, especially on Friday. Um, and I got I mentioned on Friday that I received my comfrey money making machine is the new name I think that we're going to go with. Um, it's going to be Kyle keeps insisting that he's not a racist and uh, hashtag I'm really not a racist. That might end up being the, the hashtag for the 10K giveaway on Friday. Who knows? Hashtag, I'm really not a racist. Guys, I'm just reading the comments here. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I talked last week about the Comfrey Business in a Box, or uh, as I want to name it now, the money-making machine, which we're working on. We are, are working on uh, putting together... Um, a system for people to order a big old uh, Kickstarter jumpstart comfrey farm. Uh, We did it. I listed it back when we were leaving Minnesota when I wanted to get the most out of the comfrey that I had developed over five, six years. Uh, And it wasn't a huge, um, there wasn't a huge taking because I didn't have any proof. I didn't have any proof. All I had was, hey, I, uh, I did this. This is, you can do it too. Uh, not a whole lot of takers. I, I was doing it as a launch to our uh, to our journey uh, for a little padding, and it is what it is. Uh, it didn't go so well, but I said, screw that. I know this is viable. I know this business plan is viable. I know this amount of comfrey is a, the right amount. I put a lot of time and thought into it, putting it together, and I didn't give it up. I didn't give it up. I said, f- I said screw it. Um, I want to keep selling comfrey when I'm on the road. And uh, it's really hard to grow that in the camper. <laughs> Doesn't really work. Um, and you're not going to grow it in pots on the road and this and that. So I said, what, what can I do? I can establish my, my root stock somewhere else. I can either utilize that person to fulfill orders for me, or I can um, hold off, let them get it established. And then when I have a piece of land to put it in, I can uh, I can um, go forward with that. I can go forward with it. So that's what I did. I packaged up what I, I thought was the appropriate amount. I, I looked into it, I figured it out how to jump start that, how to have it ready to go. I packaged it up and sent it off to Scrambling. Scrambling is C4. I'm a coffee club member. I've been uh, interacting with him very closely. We we he branded some coffee for me. we do a lot of business dealings. Well, I said, Hey, scrambling, uh, what do you think of this? And I said, I'm going to sell you, are going to send you a comfrey business in a box. I want you to install it. I want you to take care of it for a few months. Uh, Seattle was a, a good testing ground because the climate was perfect, uh, and not really cold over the winter, cold enough to, uh, to really kill off anything. And so last, I think it was August, it was August, have to look back at my notes but august ish uh, sent him a comfrey comfrey business in a box he installed it at his place and we're not talking about a bunch of acreage we're talking about a, 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 a urban lot scrambling to install this in an urban lot and uh, so we went on we went on i didn't know how it was gonna go i just was feeling it out um and getting getting the the feel for the the workflow um i kept my listings active and uh, was going to fulfill through scrambling Uh, i couldn't sell in the winter where i was so that was a normal cycle for my listings was being inactive in the winter because i couldn't dig it uh and so i was planning on the same time in the spring circling back with scrambling saying hey how does this look how does your plants look let's rock and roll let's sell some roots um we put up one listing. I uh, did a little bit of, uh, p- of uh, direct sale promotion on Noster and a few other places, but not a ton. Uh, we had one listing on Etsy just for roots. Uh, normally, if I was running it myself, I'd have roots, salves, compost, compost tea, all sorts of stuff locally and over the net. Well, we did one thing. It was just a trial. It was just a test run. and um, And so we listed root cuttings. Listed root cuttings, started selling them, process worked great, worked great, been great all summer, I'll tell you. $1,000 in gross sales so far, just on one little listing, one product out of many, many, many that he could be rolling right now, and and I'm encouraging him to do that on his own, but all I need him for at the moment is to fulfill my root orders that I have listed, and we're over $1,000 gross income. I got your proof, folks. I got your proof that it's worth the money. I got your proof that you don't need acreage. You don't need a field. You can do it. You can do it in an urban lot. Now for the documentation, that's coming this fall. Uh, but right now, uh, we took we took stock, we took inventory, and we are um, we could easily easily um, ship out ten of these comfrey money making machines. That in under a year um, with the thousand thousand dollars in gross sales, which when you really think about it, what is your cost? What is your cost of goods with comfrey after it's paid for, after the plants are paid for and uh, and you recover your costs there? Basically, a Ziploc bag, one paper towel, a little bit of water, an envelope and some time. Under a dollar. I think I, I have my comfrey cuttings right now listed in the 30s, in the one order is in the 30s. So your cost dollar, your uh, your sales, your uh, shipping is uh, is a few bucks, I think four or five dollars. So all in your uh, six bucks and you're uh, bringing in over $30 for that order. I think it's a pretty good model. I think it's a pretty good model. So over the next uh, few months into next spring, we will be documenting everything. Uh, getting that root system, that root, the growing system documented, the sales avenues for both the roots, crowns, and then also documenting salves and comfrey teas and selling the leaves and all the other revenue streams that can come from this fantastic plant. Two ninety nine this fall. Ten available. Doesn't come with the document. Hey, we're back and help. Um, I'm going to help you through it. I'm going to make sure you make money. Uh, And if uh, if you need help, if you need help getting orders or you're not selling, uh, hopefully I have uh, have enough have enough orders to divvy them out to multiple people in the 10. But 10 is the stock we have. We're going to sell those as is for two ninety nine, two hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. That's uh, that's one under a third of what uh, what Scramble is made back just in under a year, uh, and then you have those plants forever. So you can do the math. You can do the math. Add on more revenue streams, add on more products, and it's going to go through the roof. And why am I talking about it again this morning? Because Friday I took another one of those uh, money making machines, the Scramble, and sent back to me. Yes, the same thing I sent to him He sent back to me uh, about a year later, just less than a year later. He had enough uh, to send back and another 10 orders plus all his stock that he's keeping back. Anyway, um, we're going to do another trial run. So I know it works on a farm when you plant it, you uh, prepare the holes, you do fertile holes, uh, you kind of take care of it, make sure it doesn't get too dry. And then you're constantly harvesting it and uh, weeding it and not weeding it. I didn't really do a whole lot of work with it uh, mulched it in and then let the weeds kind of uh, do what they did because the comfrey will uh, outcompete them but it was on my property i was there every day i uh, i took extra care when i planted it i took extra care when i when i propagated it and i got the system going it was um i, I want to say labor intensive but it was right there in front of my face to watch our uh, our new try our newest trial that hopefully will be added into the business in a box by uh, by spring. I don't know if we'll be able to uh, call it established or good at that point. But I took one of them and installed it on an unimproved property on a. Um, On a raw property, on Tim's property, delinquents gully out there in Tennessee. There's nobody living there. There's nobody um, there all the time. I've been going out and doing work. It's going to be a remote property. Uh, So I went and I wanted to try to establish a comfrey system in on that property. First thing, (laughs) get it going. Get it going. Uh, So Friday, I went out and uh, man, 90 degrees and a shitload of humidity we hiked all over tim's property right up the middle and installed three large comfrey patches 10 to 12 crowns at each site we did three sites uh and then a boatload of root cuttings it's been super dry here folks like super super dry not rain for weeks and um so the soil was super sandy super dry drained out uh we picked Strategic locations along a, uh, a stream that runs kind of through the property. Hopefully, that taproot root dro- drops down super fast and grabs that, uh, grabs some water from there. But to get it established, I knew what I had to do. I knew what I had to do. Now, if you're looking at the video screen, I'll show you the the slope of Tim's properties. About like this. Would you say about forty five at some points? <laughs> um and uh, i wanted to water this in so yeah i lugged up two six gallon jugs all over that property if you don't know water weighs about eight pounds uh eight pounds a gallon so 50 pounds in each hand lugging all over the property in 90 degrees and a bunch of humidity i was smashed i was so tired when we were done and i was soaking wet but we got them watered in we got, them, uh, we got them installed, and we're going to let them go. We're going to uh, see what happens, see if they establish, see how they like the soil, uh, see how they like uh, just being there and being feral, and hopefully it establishes itself. This is a sterile comfrey plant. It won't spread other than by roots. Um, it will spread out and get a little bigger, but it's not going to throw seeds and just spread everywhere. So we picked three strategic locations, we dropped them in, they're all gonna be along a a main uh, artery path from the front of the property to the back of the property. So once the path's cut in and you can use a cart and things along that path, it'll be easy to work on, maintain, harvest, or uh, cultivate or propagate, whatever you're gonna wanna do. So this is the next generation of the money-making machine is if you got a hunting property, you have a rural property, you have a new undeveloped property, and you want to get some uh, some cash flow going through there, uh, this might be an option. I'm not saying it is yet. Uh, it hasn't been proven out. I've never installed one on a property like this or um, unmaintained, but yes, it will work. Urban lot, suburban lot, farmstead lot, homestead, large acreage. If you're there and you want to install this, it's going to work. So want me to hold your hand through it this is your opportunity 299 gets you one of those money making machines and personal personal step-by-step instructions through direct messaging telegram text messaging phone whatever you want to do whatever you're most comfortable with hey the price is going to go up in the spring once we have all the documentation let it go we will uh we're we're um we are planning on uh really jacking that price up in the spring because it's going to have all the documentation with it and things so there is that there is that james is wondering i have two plants and pots does it do well in shaded um it does well everywhere i've um you're in michigan i would say sun or to sun to partial shade uh would be best and not in a pot uh well depending on how big the pot is did some seasonal testing in five-gallon buckets uh, that grew out some roots. Uh, they, they like to expand their roots. The taproot really wants to go straight down. So um, deeper soil is probably more important than diameter of a potting uh, vessel. Uh, but yeah, the more room it has to spread out, the more it, uh, it can scramblin's putting together a video and some documentation for me about how he does it. I think he was growing them in old coolers in all sorts of stuff on, um, two gallon bucket. Yeah. Scrambling uh, scramblin is doing all sorts of crazy stuff on his property. He's trying some in hydro. He's trying stuff in aquaponics. He's trying stuff in soil, all different kind of containers. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see his documentation of the urban lot, uh, method because man, that opens up a huge opportunity for people, um, that are in an urban space that are looking for uh, some sort of side hustle that is low, low time maintenance for sure. So, um, James, I will, uh, I will get with, uh, Brian and see, or you guys can, uh, you guys can connect, uh, together and see about, um, the pot method the growing in pot method not the pot method brian would definitely know the pot method too but uh the growing in pot or container method uh, i am not that versed in it quite yet so it's a possibility though we have all the information and i can uh, i can show you that it works i can show you that it works for sure um James says wanted to get actual plants first. A lot of the roots didn't grow. Interesting. Did you get that stock from me, James? Huh. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember when it went out. If you got it from me or uh, Gingerbread has plenty of land. Yeah, I know. Um, we'll get you set up, man. We'll get you set up. That'd be another. Um, that'd be an, another awesome awesome um oh you got it from ebay (laughs) dude uh yeah i'll message you we'll get you figured out we'll get you figured out uh anyway so we installed that over at tim's property that was great uh let's hit that one thing before we wrap up today pizza gate pizza gate not pizza gate in washington not uh we're not talking pedo rings or clinton's or anything like that we're just talking Brian and Corey's, um, Brian and Corey's, uh, desire to find some sort of almost decent pizza. We've been on the quest, been on a quest to find some pizza everywhere we go. Uh, Texas, we were able to. Luckily, find a um, luckily find a pizzeria in Texas that was good uh, since we were there for so long. Um, we were there for so long that we are finally able to dial in and find one that had some decent thin crust pizza. And we go back and forth on the show and in the groups and things like that. What good pizza is? Well, it's my show and it's thin crust, thin crust, New York style and uh, with pepperoni. My show, I get to decide Corey, agree. Corey agrees because I made her. Uh, I made her like that pizza. She literally said to me yesterday, if we don't find something soon, I will be willing to drive to New York just to get a slice of pizza. and I think I fell in love again with her all over. It' was all it was it was just the statement of the year that she's um she figured it out. she figured it out so i'm I love her. I love her to death. But anyway, we uh we tried, we've been trying here in Navasota, or Navasota uh in Tennessee, uh near Saltillo. So what do we we've tried downtown and we've tried um paths was that the second one that we've tried? We tried amazing pizza cuz it was closed, right? Yeah. Okay, so we've tried three places since we've been here. First place was downtown here was a little sandwich shop that opened up and man, it was right away. And I was like, Oh, we got to be right in town. It's brand new and this and that. And I was like, Okay, this is great. This is great. Um, and we tried it. And it was basically make your own frozen crust, frozen ingredients, throw it in a little toaster oven type pizza. And I was like, that was very un- underwhelming and disappointing. Hmm. Um anyway, we we found another place uh the next week. We tried it, we go in cycles where we're like both look at each other and we're like, we need to find pizza tonight. It's gonna suck when we don't eat carbs anymore, isn't it? But uh found another place that was probably 20 minutes, half an hour away. It was called Amazing Pizza. I looked at the the ads and um it looked great. It looked like it was gonna be a winner. Uh they had pictures of the pizza on on the Serving tray, they had it on a plate, looked great. Looked great. Drove up there, and the place closed. Place closed, I guess it wasn't that great, so that was closed. Um, and so we went a little longer, just disappointed. And we search and search and search and we finally found one in uh the opposite direction about a half an hour. This was uh Pat's Pizza, you know, you name it after yourself, it's probably going to be good. Looked at the photos. It looked decent. Looked decent. Looked like it was good, thin crust. They had some. They had pepperoni. Um, had all the normal toppings, and they were going to be open. They're only open from like three to nine every day. I was like, "Hmm, okay, let's give her a shot." So Saturday, uh, we kind of walked through the day. We got our stuff done, and we decided we were going to go get some pizza. Now we get down there and walk in and there's no tables, there's no chairs, there's a couple of golden tea machines, they're unplugged. Uh, Dude meets us right at the front door pretty much and says, what can I get you? Basically realized that it was uh, takeout only and we had driven a half an hour. Luckily we have a big ass truck with a big center console that a pizza box fits on, can eat in the vehicle. Uh, Ordered up a couple thin crust pepperonis and uh, yeah, waited. No drinks available there. He was out of drinks. Um, yeah, got the pizza, opened the box, and it looked great. It looked uh, it looked like it had a promise. It uh, it was nice and thin. It looked like the edge was a little crispy. Was a little disappointed in the pepperonis. Uh, they were big, huge pepperoni and cut super thin. Uh, looked like it came out of a generic deli case. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh figure it would be all right. There was a little bit of grease still on the top, which was looking good. Um Took a bite and I was like, mmm. what is it with sweet pizza sauce? Everything here seems to have a very sweet pizza sauce, like extra sweet. I understand that you add a little sugar to tomatoes to balance out the astringency, but you have to leave a little bit of acid in that tomato sauce to make it bite. Tomato sauce was super sweet. Didn't really prefer it. Um, The cheese had some weird conglob, conglob, like globally, like you'd eat it and it had this weird mouthfeel. It was almost like, some of it melted too much and some of it didn't melt enough, and it was really weird. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. I wanted it to be. I kept, I had a few pieces. I kept looking at it. I kept saying it looks way better than it tastes, and I kept trying it, and it was just no good. Corey and I brought it home and decided that maybe this is a better cold pizza than warm, and it was by a little bit, but still not that great. Won't be going back. Not worth the trip. Not worth the money. And we are still on our search for Tennessee pizza that is worth any bit of uh, my money, really. And uh, something to scratch that itch for some decent thin crust. That Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Now, if I had $5 million, maybe I should open a pizza museum. No conspiracy theories anymore. I'm opening a goddamn pizza museum with all the shitty pizza, and then at the end of the Museum, there's going to be someone making good pizza. Perfect. Perfect. On the search, there's another potential uh, potential place on the list. That's a 30 minutes away, um, 30, 45 minutes away. It's the next closest one. If this one doesn't work out, I think we're in trouble. I think we're going to be driving quite a ways to find some pizza. But luckily, in three weeks, we're going to be taking a road trip. And we're going to be hitting like nine states. So hopefully along the way, somebody's got a small pizzeria that uh, makes something decent. Pizzagate. The saga continues. <coughs> all right, guys, it's Monday. We're at 55 minutes. Let's start wrapping it up. Let's get out of here. Uh, to uh, Item of the day. Item of the day today is a combo blog post. Uh, I did two items of the day, two videos yesterday. It's all about camping coffee. It's all about the products that you use when you're hiking, when you're backpacking, when you're camping, uh, you're tenting, you're RVing. Still want to make your coffee. What you need, you need the jet, bio, jet boil, mighty mo, and the jet power, which is the gas, the fuel for the mighty mo. That is today's item of the day the jet boil, mighty mo, and the jet power. That's what you use to heat tomorrow's item of the day, which will be that Stanley brew and boil or boil and brew French press. But today, let's focus on the jet boil, mighty mo. It'll heat up your water. Usually, the 32 ounces for a French press takes about six to eight minutes. It is what it is. You just do your other things. You grind up your coffee by hand, whatever. Uh, Use that little stove. You can use it for a bunch of other things. It's got a lot of BTUs. It's got an adjustable adjustable valves. It's got an igniter, and the fuel comes in multiple sizes. There's links to both of those and the blog post, all of the stuff in the video description, in the audio description for today. Click that. Check it out. If you don't need to buy a Mighty Mo or some fuel, but you need to do some shopping on amazon today please consider clicking that link any of them that take you to amazon will get you in the tracking and we appreciate it it supports us every time you use those links that's the item of the day Jet Boil mighty mo and jet power fuel canisters interviews announcements interviews tonight matthew garner I believe I have to check with him before the show, but uh, Matthew Garner uh, and it's going to be about homeschooling his life, growing up homeschooling in a religious family uh, bordering on, I think cult ish from his thing. It's a, it's a look at his life lessons learned and moving on through life after dealing with that. I'm excited. He's got a new book. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about his life and the book and what he's got going on now. And then after that, take a little break, take a little pee break uh, get something to drink, and then head on to live with Porterhouse and Teal. I will be a guest this evening. Starting to guest a little more this month. I got a few coming up, a few interviews booked. I'm excited to do them. Check it out tonight. I'll post links over in all the places uh, sometime this morning for both of those shows, and we'll go from there. Other than that, guys, let's wrap it up. Oh, let's see. Uh, hit the comments before we go backwards butcher says oh good something else i need to do yeah man comfrey you're you should do comfrey for uh just a boatload of reasons and uh tie in with that biochar project uh your pasture revitalization your animals yeah dude yeah you do need to do it also gives your uh gives your wife and daughters some things to do and some things to play with and as they get a little older Probably could be selling some salves and stuff on the side as a little bitty, bitty, kitty business for sure. Um, And Gingerbread Farm says need to dial it down for Tim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's wrap it up, guys. It's a Monday. It's in the books. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players, like Podverse or Fountain.fm. And find Kyle, the Backwoods Butcher, with Meet the Critters, now on Fountain. Finally got him signed up this weekend. Check him out. Check me out. Got three feeds over there. We got the Lost Project podcast, lots to talk about, and the Perfect Cup. Find them all on Fountain or Podverse. Make it a great day, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. Shining in the in this long